Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? This is State of My Sports. We'll talk everything Michigan sports like only we do, and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the State of My Sports. And this is episode 167, recording live on August 1st, 2022. During our Beer Flight segment, we'll discuss the Rocket Mortgage Classic, um, follow up on some previous topics and more, some previous flight topics and more. This should be a good time. Also going to hit on some Red Wings. Uh, for our main topics, we're going to uh, inch them closer and closer to football season, and we'll hit on some NFL and Detroit Lions news. And with the MLB trade deadline tomorrow, we will preview that as well. Um, I will pitch a couple Dinger Tuesday bets uh, that I have in mind, and I'll let you guys vote, and we'll decide where I put my money in our betting hero segment. And as we always do, we will... Rate and review a Michigan craft beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know what you're sipping on and be part of the conversation. Um, all the topics, uh, we want to know what you guys think. Uh, we're going to touch on some some interesting ones outside of the Yankees looking strong. Um, it is important to, to, to talk about all the, you know, we got some new contracts, some suspensions going on um, in the NFL that I think everybody kind of has a, a, a an opinion on. So we want to know what you guys think about it. Uh, we'll do our best to read and reply. Um, before we jump in, I did want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company is the official brewery state of my sports. Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running, and Betting Hero helps us and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. I want to add another one of these. I want I want one for our beer. I really want to get Sissianos back on board or someone else. So. If you guys know anybody looking to, to be a sponsor, just just put them our way. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my my only pitch for the day. So I am Sam Walthart. With me today we got John Dornboss, Johnny, Micah Smith. How What's are up? you guys this week? Good. You guys good? You? Yeah. I'm good, man. We were, I just got back from a neighbor, close friend, a former teacher. You guys know Todd Johnson. He actually was on the show one time. Yeah. Well, believe it or not. Kind of. Tall, lanky. Yeah, yeah. Love so sports. I think it was his his and his wife's thirtieth anniversary this week, nice. or wow. today actually. So well, congrats um, to them. Yeah, it was just yeah. a small little party, but it was it was fun. We got to play a little nineteen ninety two trivia, which I can't believe is thirty years ago. Nineteen ninety two is thirty years ago. Are you <laughs> kidding me? That's not uh, okay. That's not okay. I don't like that at all. Welcome to getting um, old. But yeah, oh my gosh. But yeah, it's crazy to think about. Like the, the what is it? The fifties. 2050 or closer than 1990 or something like that? Basically. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's yeah. a weird way to look at it. It'll be 30 years from now, it'll be 1952. Right? Am I doing my math right? 30 years ago that's, was 1992. That's scary. So it was like, that's that's crazy to think about. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try not to think of those things. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty I'm scary. A, I'm a day at a time kind of guy. You know? <laughs> right? I don't like to plan the future or look too far back at the past. I don't really remember 92. I was four. I was. I don't really have too many fond memories. So he did a uh, a quiz for for like that was that was stuff that happened in 1992, and I did fairly well. I was surprised. So he had like one like what was the famous Michael Jackson music video? I got that one right. There was who was the one Tigers All Star in the 1992 season? 
You guys have any guesses? Bobby you, Dickinson? You, you got, got this? I got it right. Ryan didn't. Which Bobby I was no pretty way. pumped that I got it. <laughs> wow. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea. Kirk? No. So his the hint was it was not Cecil Fielder. Cecil Fielder made it the year before and the year after, but there was one player, and I was so pumped that I got it because I was like, man, it's got to be this guy. And Ryan was like, no, it's – I forget who he said. I think he said it was – he thought it was Mickey Tettleton was his guess. Uh, yeah, Travis Fryman, and I nailed it with Travis Fryman. Serious? Yeah, Travis I was pretty pumped about that one. Another question he had was: Did you uh, Google it with like your your phone between? I your didn't. Legs? No, I just I was thinking about my grandma and grandpa's Sega <laughs> video game. Like, all right, who was on that game? What was the lineup? <laughs> nice. and, I, and then I just like it had to be Fryman because Fryman was one of my favorites on the on that video game. So I, I don't know. That was my guess, and I, I got it right. I was pretty pumped about that. Another one was so thirty year, years ago was the the Dream Team, the original Dream Team. Oh yeah, and it was like how many of those players can you name? Oh, wow. And I did not do very well on that. Ryan did really good on that I one. I probably could have gave a good run there. How many yeah. did he get, did he say? Ryan got – so there was, I think, 12 total. Or maybe it was 14. 14 or 12 total, but I think Ryan got maybe 10, 9 dream, or 10. Dream Whoa. team. Yeah, that team was stacked. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but then there was another one like – man, what was it? There was one that was interesting. But, like, who did Princess – like, who was the prince and princess that got married – that year or something like that. It was Princess Diana and Prince Charles, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got that one right. I was proud of that one. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just fun. It was a fun little trivia. And I don't know. I don't know how I did. I don't know if I won or not. But hopefully, I bring, hopefully, Andrea brings home a trophy because she's still there. But you never know. You never know. But How many trophies has that woman held? I don't know. You should know. I mean, she holds me this every night, and I'm a trophy husband. Hey. So. <laughs> oh. Trophy husband. Trophy husband. Tro- <laughs> husband of the year over here. <laughs> I'm uh, humble, too, which is nice. We need a second opinion on that. Yeah, well, what did Jarrett just say? It looks like Sam's looking good, right? Is that what he said? So that's that's all it needs to end there, right? I like that jacket. It's just a T-shirt. The orange collar. It's a T-shirt. Is he teasing me? <laughs> no, what is he talking about? I think about? he's calling me a, a young, cracked-out John McElroe. Was it McEnroe? McEnroe? Yeah. John Ma- oh, with the headband? The headband. That, that does look nice. Man, I hate tennis, but I could go out there and yell at the ref. I love those. tennis, man. Yeah. You don't like tennis? I played a few times back How do you like day, golf and not tennis? Oh, man, golf is my thing. Yeah. Played a lot this weekend, too. Yeah, how'd you do? I uh, played in a four-man scramble out at Western on Sunday. Was this the one with Shane and Brian that you're talking about? Or no, no, that was two weekends ago. How'd that we, one go? We didn't pan out too well. Um, we all had holes where we weren't contributing at all. Yeah. Maybe some on the team had more of those holes than others. <laughs> You're not calling anybody out. I'm not you? calling anybody Ooh. out. Wait, is he a listener Shane, or is Shane he was, on the hey, show? Hold on. Shane was doing. <laughs> Shane was doing his job. Like he was doing well. He was still hitting the ball. Um, but oh, that it means was caught. Brian. No, <clears throat> no, Brian was doing well. We all we all carried. I had yeah. a lot of nice bomb drives. Uh, I couldn't hit a wedge within 70 yards. You know, close. And then we had long birdie putts that just weren't dropping. Yeah. Um, Kaufman Golf Course doesn't have a liquor license. Bring bring your own beer. Ooh, um, that's that's probably a bad idea. I don't know if Shane Can brought any. Oh, really? And then he, I think he got one from a guy on the other team that we were playing with. Uh. <laughs> and then, like, we played three of his shots in a row. I was like, dude, that we needed that on like hole two. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, why didn't you bring your own beer? Yeah, not hole fourteen. So, um, jeez. But yeah, it was. I mean, still good time. Kaufman's in great shape. Uh, if anybody's in the Grand Rapids area, a good place nice. to go play. Um, they were, had it prepped for this. They had the senior amateur, West Michigan amateur, this weekend. Oh, yeah. So it was everything was oh, rolling really so nice fast. Yeah, yeah. Cups were sharp. Um, 
T-boxes, everything, good lies, except for where we had a few drives. But. <laughs> That's good. How, uh, how was this past weekend? Yeah, two, uh, it was a four-man scramble. Um, it's what the Western's calling their first annual member guest outing. So every member had to bring a guest. Okay, and I wasn't um, invited, if I remember correctly. Um, I wasn't allowed to pick my <laughs> guest. It was the guy that signed up the team and asked me to oh, be the really? second member. He had two guests already in line, so um, just got to play. But played a lot of my shots. Um won one of the proxies that they had out there on hole two. It was nice. closest to in your second shot, and I hit a bomb drive. I was like 40 yards out, and I stuck one like two inches from the cup. Oh, nice. Tapping birdie. Um, What'd you win? Just a $25 gift card to the okay. course. Um, nice. I'll probably use it in the clubhouse for a nice margarita, or they're good with their Bloody Marys. Are you they? Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Sometimes I stick. We with still got to get out there with you. I've, yeah, I haven't no, golfed yet this year. Funny but. you say that. The owner uh, before the outing, he was like, "Hey, I remember telling you that I was going to get you. Pa- I got to get you those." And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, man, the season's almost <laughs> over. Like, <laughs> right? No better time than right now." Yeah. So. Are they looking to sponsor like any podcasts or anything like that? Um, maybe. maybe in the future. <laughs> maybe. I know. I know that he's having a really good year this year. Is he good for yeah. him? No, Do- that's awesome. Double booked with like outings on the weekends, and I think that's one of the best outing courses, Western. I love doing outings there. Yeah, you can play pretty quick. It's a pretty open course. You can move along pretty well. Yeah. It's not difficult and it's not easy. It's kind of in between, but uh, lays out pretty nice. You know, we played from the blues, but it was a good time. Yeah, I drove a couple par fours, felt great, nice. hit the ball good. Um, playing in a two man best ball tournament this weekend. Okay. It's uh, Saturday and Sunday. Right. Um, you get flighted after day one. So Very there's nice. a lot of money in the skin spot this weekend. Looking forward to it. Yeah. See the Eagle. I'll be good. Yeah. For sure. Mike, how was, your, how was your week, man? It's good. Good. Anything special going on? This week, are you allowed to talk about what you're doing, or are your kids listeners? Yeah, we told the kids. Max told the kids. Max started figuring it out. All right, because <laughs> he, he started figuring it out with uh, Carrie's work schedule. Okay, because uh, it's been it's been set for forever, and Max is like, "What's going on?" And we're like, "All right, buddy, do you want to go on a road trip?" He goes, "Yeah," and Sloan like perks up in the car, <laughs> and she's like, "Me too," and I'm like, "Okay, well." where do you guys want to go like what's the place you guys keep talking about and like we want to go back to lambo and sloan's like title town and i'm like all right we'll do it thursday then they're like yeah 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 so we're gonna take the kids back up to green bay uh they really call it title town yeah really because you only get one title per hall of fame quarterback is that what it is is that how it yeah. so, so it's titles. No, it's league, Title lead, town, league not leading ti- thirteen, town. something like that. Okay, but uh, no, we're gonna take the kids up there Thursday and then spend the whole weekend there. Come back Sunday night, and that's what we got going. Sweet. So, we'll yeah. be back for the podcast at the Hops. Yeah, perfect. Yep, that's all I care about. Monday or Tuesday? Uh, t- Monday. It'll be Monday next week. To right? Monday. Is that right? Or would you rather go Tuesday? I was just. We can do either. I honestly. was thinking that, that Taco Tuesday they got. <laughs> well, it's closed this Tuesday. Oh. Wait, what? this Tuesday's closed. Next Tuesday will be open. We can maybe, you guys, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. Figure maybe we'll switch out. to the next Tuesday if you guys want to. We'll, we'll figure it out. Ryan will be gone either way, so he's going to Denmark. So, good for him. Classic. Um, but let's let's get into what we're drinking tonight. We're drinking uh, a, a staple here in West Michigan, really a staple in the, I mean, the the country. This is one of the biggest a variation staple. <laughs> the, well, I mean, like the founders in general oh, is like yeah. the the, yeah. the craft brewery, basically in in all of Michigan and really in, in the country. I mean, it's huge and it's outside of everywhere else. So everybody knows founders. They don't need to explain it to you. Um, but what we're drinking is it's all day vacay. So obviously, they've always had all day IPA, great beer. Yep. 
very very big like here i mean one of the their flagship beer girls. yeah uh well i don't say flagship is it flagship's like your first one right isn't that what flagship, flagship means? is your main one okay i thought flagship was like the original one they came out with so i would say like like if you talk to founders brewers they would say their centennials their flagship ipa right is my guess mm. and then all days like the i don't know maybe i'm wrong you call it, call it what you want. Call it whatever you want. But All Day IPA is, is obviously a, a very popular one, but today we're drinking All Day Vacay. So I think this is year two of All Day Vacay, or maybe d- year one and a half type thing. Fairly new beer, um, but it's a session wheat ale. Um, nothing really to explain about this one. I mean, it's, it's a session wheat, 4.6% alcohol by volume. Not, I mean, it's... It's not going to bite you back. It's not going to, yeah, I think that's a good way to, good way to say it. It's very um, simple, very good. Um very easy to drink so far. That's basically where I'm at. Well, maybe we'll pull up a little more information about it uh, during our beer uh, grades. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Before we jump into our De Hops beer flight segment, I want to remind everyone that De Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is serving incredible food and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. Chef Dan's revamped food menu and head brewer Ben's rotating taps, wine and ciders make De Hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the West, the Ben and Dan duo is putting a ton of their time and energy. Did I already read that part? Is putting a ton of their time and energy at making the hops a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Uh, they have Taco Tuesday, Stein Night Wednesday, Thursday, any burger and beer for fifteen bucks, which is Thursday, or which is uh, softball night, which is nice, along with some unbelievable specials on Fridays and Saturdays. We highly recommend following them on Instagram and Facebook, where they share their weekly specials and some incredible food and beer pictures. That will make your mouth water. The Hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2022. And if you mention State of My Sports, excuse me, you'll get a discount off your first beer. So without Ryan today, um, we might move through this pretty quick. Our our, our flight segment, right? Uh, I'm just gonna call, I'm look. I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. All right. It, it was funny oh, the way that man. worked. And you guys know me. I love Ryan. I'm not trying to call him out, but I think our listeners need to know. Um, he, I text. Pretty early. Hey, is everybody in tonight? No, no response. I texted again. Ryan, are you in? And then I think it was at what? I looked at the time. I think it was five fifty-nine or five thirty-nine. He said, "Yes, I will be there," but late. Uh, Twenty-nine minutes later. No, I'm not uh, gonna make it. I was like, "What?" The? Oh, come All right. On, so I had man. everything set up. I had to readjust everything, but but I mean, look, no big deal. I I get it. Life happens. I just hope he enjoys his next two weeks off from as well when he's in Denmark. Well, before we get too far in the flight subject. Yeah, sorry. Seg- I just zoomed right through subjects, this. Um, Jarrett is drinking a Kona Big Wave. Kona Big Wave. I'm not sure what that is. What he's, We need more information about that, Jarrett. Uh, look it up. Sounds like Kyle's had it. He said it's really good. Um, it's like a 9.0. Oh, jeez. Like so we're going to we're gonna have jokester Jarrett by the end of this episode. Yeah. Uh, he's already started. <laughs> and then Carrie is also uh, sh- a shout-out to the hops. Oh, nice. Sipping on the Thirsty Miner. 
thirsty minor. Oh, solid. M I N E R. Yeah. Not M I N O R. All right. Minor might be a problem drinking a beer from the <laughs> Actually, That's thirsty, a great, great the point. Thirsty minor. <laughs> yeah, you can't have that. So that one's actually named after the the Mines Golf Course, where the owner is, uh, I believe, a member, and they, they brewed this beer spe- uh, specifically for for the. Yeah, and then they sell it in in, in the the brew house obviously but kyle's disappointed he never got a message to be on the show tonight yeah <laughs> for sure i'm sure you are kyle oh so he definitely was invited but the what? kona big wave you can get at meyer okay uh it looks like it's nine bucks for a six pack and the kona brewing company is out of hawaii whoa okay so shipped here i don't know how fresh it is <laughs> Jeez. i, I mean, wonder if they're like connected to a different brewery that that allows possibly. them to um you know, brew here, brew here, but still have the the label there in Hawaii, like kind of like Perrin does and and stuff like that. So, but you Wh- have which more is a pretty cool story. The Perrin S- one. Someday we'll get into that. Yeah, we should we should record there and get into the the details of all that kind of stuff. But um, what did you guys want to talk about today? I think John, you want to you want to start us off with, with a couple things you want to mention here. Yeah, just two quick ones, real quick. Uh, first, you know, the the world lost a good one over the weekend. Um, outside of sports a better person than he was um a basketball player but bill russell passed away um arguably one of the greatest players of all time uh i feel like his name gets lost in the conversation of goat between michael jordan and lebron james um unfortunately i don't think either of those guys will pull off what bill russell pulled off outside of the court and neither of them can stack up when it comes to uh, you know being the most decorated player of all time. Yeah, is it, is it 11, eleven titles? Eleven-time NBA champion, uh, won two NCAA titles. He also, also won two titles as a player coach for Straight the Celtics up winner. as well. Hmm. Yeah, um, winner, and you know uh, they there were some stats in basketball that weren't kept when he was playing. One okay, of, one of them was the block shot, which Hakeem Olajuwon will go down as the greatest shot blocker of all time um and you know they've interviewed guys that played in that era and he easily could have averaged about five blocks a game throughout his entire career yeah Uh, again a stat that wasn't really taken into consideration until after the fact um so that's an accolade that he'll never you know be able to to hold um in the stat book but again he was a, a bigger person outside outside of the gym off the court than he was even on the court pure, yeah. pure dominance in all aspects of life um you know and i i mean i could go over all of the accolades again of his career five-time mvp um defensive first team uh lifetime achievement award in 2017 um all american i mean again his his basketball days were dom- pure dominance isn't yeah. that crazy like wouldn't, wouldn't you consider being you know, like a five-time MVP back in those days, a much more highly touted accolade, you know, because we have social media these days. We have popularity contests, right? We mm-hmm. just have the name. And, it, like, I feel like back then it was, like, it was a true, like, consensus MVP vote. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like, all oh, star for vote my guy or, type thing. Right, yeah. right. As, I think it's a bigger deal back then than it is today. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and I think the voting process has changed over the years, and like you said, it turns more into a, uh, I, I don't know, a popularity contest. Yeah, um, lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, there's still bigs in the NBA that win those awards now, but for a long time it was the guys that were transcendent in the game. Um, 
there won't be another Bill Russell. We yeah. can, I think we can all agree on that. 11 titles, that's something you just don't hear of. To carry his game from college to the NBA, played in an era where silver rights were being, um, you know, obviously hashed out in the present, you know, in the late 50s through the 70s. Um, and again, he was uh, an activist for social justice. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I've listened to a lot of interviews of people that have gotten the opportunity to play against, for, with, um, or have gotten to know. And again, just a, a great human being. Um, and again, yeah, the the world, but the NBA world lost uh, a great this week. It seems like the only time he really gets mentioned is when a LeBron fan wants to argue back, like, well, like, like if a like you have the the Jordan LeBron argument, and then you have one going after another. Well, Jordan has this many titles. Well, he doesn't even have the most. Does that make Russell the greatest? And then they bring up Russell. What it's like? Sounds like he was actually one of the greats before even MJ changed the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, we're we're always going to go back to this era of basketball. What eras could could win now, and what could win back then, and vice versa. Um, it's a popular topic in NBA conversations because. Well, there's a lot of downtime when the, the season's not going on, but of recent years, there's been a lot of criticism of the re, re and re-released, uh, you know, NBA top 50, top 75 teams. Um, and again, it's there's a, a handful of names that get mentioned every time. You know, the greatest player of all time is brought up, from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Michael Jordan to Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, LeBron James. I'm gonna throw Kobe in there. Um, Bill Russell, I feel like, is always kind of in. Uh, the back of the pack and um uh but if if you want to go off of you know uh, uh stats and and trophies on the wall alone um nobody's going to touch the guy but I'll transition to the second topic real quick yeah yeah um local you know the rocket mortgage PGA event was held this weekend in yeah, Detroit and it sounds like it, it got a lot of accolades like people were talking pretty highly of the city and and just the tournament in general absolutely which is awesome to hear seems to be a pretty um uh, popular hosting area and event. Uh, the course is always player friendly for these guys. They make courses look real easy all across the world. Uh, so coming up to Michigan, it's a different, a little bit different style of golf. And um, probably one of my favorite players on tour and has been for a few years now, Tony Finau got the win. Back to back wins on the on the tour. Um, it's kind of one thing that's been evading him his whole career is he's he's always in contention in two to three days. Or he's out of contention early and has a stellar Saturday yeah. or Sunday that gets him back up into the top ten. Never been able to close out that door. It's good to see him get a couple wins. He's just, uh, just a stand-up guy, um, class act, um, hits the ball far. Um, I, I've always had a soft spot for him because he played in the that what was it like the not a pro am but prior i think it was i believe it was the masters okay and he like he hit a hole in one and it was a practice round and he celebrated by like jogging up oh, the fairway and he rolled his ankle rolled his ankle yeah and he like popped it back into place and like still played the rest of the weekend okay i didn't realize that, that was him i remember that story i just didn't and it was it was one of the nastiest like should have been career ending injuries you'll ever see and for him to just in get golf. up yeah <laughs> well exactly too like a freak accident yeah. you know um i've suffered one myself in uh recent years so it's uh again just kind of a, a good thing to to see him chalk up a couple of victories and you know he's one of those guys that probably deserves to win a major one of these days yeah so. uh, and uh, people were talking about it especially on Detroit radio and stuff and I was just and I hate going back to like the live golf and, and PJ comparison and stuff like that but like they were talking about how good that the um 
field actually ended up being. And I, I don't know the no, the names and the rankings and all that kind of stuff, but like I just I I feel like that could be where the PGA could kind of take control of, of of take back control of what they want is don't let these players have a choice to opt in or opt out of these tournaments. Maybe scale back on the amount and I don't know how many they do. So I'm just throwing this out there. I'm kind of spitballing here as a non-golf fan, but it's like make these guys do it. If they're going to be part of the PGA Tour, you ha- are required and give them like maybe four opt-outs a, a year or something like that. I don't I don't know the number. I don't know how many they do. But like make it so the Rocket Mortgage Classic doesn't have a bad field one year and then maybe it's a, a oh, it ended up being a pretty good field type thing. Like get rid of that and then it will make the tournament in Detroit that much better. It will make the small tournaments all around that much better because mm-hmm. you have guys playing even if the pot's not big enough or the purse, it's like, well, still, who cares? Like, this one, is one point five mil. I mean, that's, to come to Detroit and yeah. play on an easy course, he shot twenty six under on exactly. four days. Exactly. You know, like let's see record that. low for that tournament. And let's see Rory McIlroy playing this. Let's see like the big names. Like, why do they have a ch- choice to just pick and choose when they want to play? I think a lot of it too, especially with these tournaments, they're getting further away from home. A lot of these golfers are living down south, on the coast, warm weather areas where they can play year round. Um, and depending on where the majors fall, the Rocket Mortgage yeah. is, is usually a hangover tournament for some of these guys. Um, but hopefully, again, like you said, the more bigger names that come and big names that win are going to draw a bigger purse, and it's going to draw yeah. hopefully bigger golfers. Will Zalatoris, Patrick Cantlay, I mean, some of these guys are in the top 15 in the world. They're, they're um, names that people are starting to learn but don't absolutely. really bl- uh, necessarily like are a draw yet, I feel like. You know, they're, they're the names that's like, oh, I wonder how this guy finished. I wonder how you're not going to sit and watch or, or pay to go, you know what I mean, to 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 boost those ratings. And then you just kind of, it's just an afterthought. Be like, oh, I wonder who won this, this or how my, my favorite players kind of did. Yeah, you know? I think John Rahm has won it too. Like, he came here. Yeah. That, was a big, that was a big name at the time because yeah. he was climbing up into the top ranking in the world. Um, but, yeah, good for Tony. You know? Yeah. No. Good, good for uh, Rocket Mortgage and the city of Detroit hosting a good, solid tournament. For sure. Um, Mike, I want to do yours last, so I'm going to quickly talk yeah. about mine. Yeah, pretty pretty short. Um, I, it was just something that I saw on The Athletic that kind of popped up, and I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of interesting. So, And this is probably the most boring thing for, for most most of the people on this podcast, so I'll just try to zoom through it. But um, there was a quote or, or an article, basically, that was talking about um, Buffalo tried to move ahead of Detroit just to take who 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 the uh Marco Casper who the Red Wings ended up getting um Callen, Kevin Allen of Detroit Hockey Now uh for those that often wonder about the tr- this is what he wrote sorry I should probably say that this is for those often wonder about the trades that do not happen Kevin Allen unearths this little gem yes the Buffalo Sabres tried to swap draft spots with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, this was to, in effect, try and draft Marco Casper. The hot tip actually goes to George Malik, longtime Detroit Red Wings blogger. One has to understand the De- that Detroit drafted 8th and Buffalo ninth, so they wanted to move up one spot specifically to take Casper. Uh, it was not as if Kevin Adams was going to offer a King's Ransom to move one up one spot. Um, in the end, the Detroit Red Wings drafted Casper and Buffalo picked Savi, Sovi, um, say, say, boy, <laughs> Matt, <something>. Matthew Savoy. <laughs> All right. Um, however, no one can deny the allure of what ifs. And I, I just thought it was interesting because look, where, where the Red Wings were at, at, what was it? Eight. Is that what I read there? And I, I believe that's what it was. Eighth overall. Like we weren't going to dig into a lot of names. 
And we weren't going to, no. like, circle, oh, I want this guy at eight. Like, that's just not the way the NHL draft works. No, it's if, really not. If you weren't in the top two, then but, you're right. You but one thing that we, we've run into is, oh, Eisenman likes this guy. We just got to trust him, right? And we're just kind of going to it blindly. Nobody else seemed to like Cider pick when they did. Nobody really – the the Raymond pick was, was somewhat – touted but everybody was like oh it seems like a little bit of a reach and look how smart Eisenman's been same thing with Edmondson um that's coming up here next year but this was this one is is we're seeing it a little bit earlier than than usual it's not like a after like three years later oh they probably should have went up and got Casper earlier or something like that but this is actually like someone said Marco Casper was wanted by another team I mean Buffalo Sabres what is that gonna do get me get me all excited right. that the Sabres wanted right, Marco right. Casper no but what it's just it makes it's you grin. different yeah it's just like no all right we got who we wanted and I was like right. no screw you this is who we want <laughs> so <laughs> I like that it just got me uh, thinking hockey you know like it's been a quiet couple days or a couple weeks really since um the free agency opened and it was just like it caught my eye and it's just something to keep an eye on like if this guy becomes legit like Maybe never a superstar, but a good NHL center. Yep. That's the kind of stuff that's going to be like, Iserman, again, like just, he knew better. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. He knows who yep. he wants well before it even starts unfolding. And it just got me thinking more about hockey and um, just the Larkin-Bartuzzi saga. Like they're both RFAs. Uh, or no, they're both going into their final year. So is, is Bertuzzi going to be moved? When, what's going to happen with their, um, Larkin, they're saying they're trying to get this new deal done. What that, what is the hang up? When did, when are these things supposed to, to, to start to unfold? Zadine is an RFA. I mean, there's still plenty of time. I'm not going to like stress about it, but we're 57 days from our first preseason game, which is what a week and a half usually after, camp opens like these this stuff it's needs gonna come to, quick this stuff needs to be nailed out here soon and i i mean i'm not putting a timer on eisman or anything like that and i'd be all right with moving larkin inside of a new deal but i mean that's a you guys know that but i mean it's just kind of well. something something to keep an eye on <laughs> um and let's not long, get the, too the, crazy the, on giving larkin a max deal. Long, yeah i agree with that the longer it goes the more i'm just like hmm what well, why is eisman does he love him does he love larkin as much as he's supposed to love larkin you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. It's just, just again, something to keep an eye on. Good question. Um, I'm sure it'll kind of unfold here in the next couple weeks, and, and we'll start hearing a little more whispers and stuff. But, uh, Mike, you want to talk some, some NH- or, sorry, NFL stuff. NFL. So what, what happened well, today? Well, what's been happening, you know, it's been heard uh, worldly right now is the Deshaun Watson, the, sorry, Deshaun Watson suspension. That was kind of a tongue twister. Uh, so he, he was handed down a six-game suspension today. And so right now the way it kind of pans out, the way they set Deshaun up from the Cleveland side of things, because his six games will not be paid, but the Browns structured his new contract, so his base salary is 690000 That's it for the first year, and then $46 million for each of the next four years. So, you know, genius on their part getting the money set up because they knew the impending doom of what was coming down the pipeline. But I, I want to get into more of like, we we, we kind of talked about Deshaun like, I don't know, two, three, four weeks ago, whatever it was. But is, is this kind of fit the, the crime, the alleged crime? You know, it's, what, was, was he guilty or is it still just 30 accusations that have never panned out? And, where are we sitting? I mean, I, I would assume that he's been found guilty. He's just been handed a six-game suspension. So, 
guilty is the, the tough word. It sounds right. like he hasn't been found guilty. It's all been settled. What, what's that word I can't think of? Somebody help me. Uh, Boy. It's all been settled, basically. It was a settlement uh, civil suit. So okay. it wasn't like, oh, you are guilty. It was more or less like, look, we could battle this out all day long. Let's just settle on a number and go from there. Okay. That's what it sounds like has happened. I, from what I've heard, there's one suit that's still out there that hasn't been settled um, out of really? out of court or, or whatever. So that that's that's still looming, and I, I find that to be pretty interesting. But, but let's focus on what we do know. Right. The six-game suspension, what is that, like 230000 So a third of the season? For six hundred and ninety, yep. I, I think I did my math right. I didn't want to like guarantee it, but I mean, that's such a small amount. It's a drop <laughs> for for what happened, and the suspension. I think we got to talk about the. We can't uh, we can't do what Cleveland we can't undo what Cleveland did. They they were smart with the way they they lined up their contract. Oh yeah, they did him really really well. They did him good, I guess, if you will. Which I don't know if that makes you guys nervous or not, but. Six game suspension seems light. Is that is that where you're at? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like the the in a lot of the comparisons, like, the Calvin Ridley, the Calvin Ridley one, it just Tom Brady. blows my mind. I mean, Ray Rice like, assaulted one girl. Yeah, and his career was over. Yeah. Not yeah. saying Deshaun Watson assaulted all thirty of these women. Yeah. But he's got a problem. <laughs> yeah, big time. And that problem spans far beyond six game suspension. I agree. I agree. The six the, the six games are the, it seems very low. But I think we also got to take into consideration last year. Yeah, it wasn't a suspension. Yeah, he was getting paid. But he set out all of last year due to what was going on. I don't know if that played a role in it. I'm guessing not. Just because of the way the NFL works. But we also got to keep in mind that this was not the NFL doing the suspension. This wasn't the NFL Players Association doing the suspension. This was... A arbitrator, third party, a third party made this decision, and it was a woman judge. I think it was like they, the NFL did it right. Like they're like, no, we don't want anything to do with this. You know, we don't want to make this decision because it's a lose lose for them. Right, right. And I feel like that's that's what I I look at this is it was a win for both sides. So, good. and by both sides, I'm going to stick to the sports side. It was a win for Deshaun Watson and his camp. It was a huge a win for Cleveland Browns, and it was a win for the NFL. Because what the NFL can do is be like, oh, we're disappointed with it. Uh, we wanted a full year. And Deshaun Watson's side can be like, well, we didn't want anything. Like, we didn't, we don't deserve that, any suspension. And now here they are, like, oh, six games, whatever. Right. Wasn't our choice. We can wipe our hands with it. Let it settle. It's going to take two days for this to be old news. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo right. is going to get traded and – Probably, I, I'm sure there was like a, I think there's a clock that, that uh, Roger Goodell has. He's like, all right, you got to have him traded in two days so we can change, get rid of this news and it'll just be old news. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, I feel Sweep like they always do that. They're like, all right, we will pay you to just get this done and make this the new news. Yeah. And I think there's just going to be bigger news, whether it's positive news, negative news, or just big news in the NFL that just pushes it aside. Everybody's going to move on. Wash your hands nice and clean. Now, is it fair for what he did? No, I, I don't think so. For, for what he did, he should be in, in prison for a very long time, if that's what he actually did. But here we are. we got to stick to prove guilty and, or innocent until, to, until proven guilty. Right, They've settled. Right. 
let's just say 29 of the 30, I, I think all but one, whatever the number is, I don't, there, I can't yeah, keep there track. Yeah, there was only a, a handful of instances that went into the consideration of this arbitrator. Okay. And of those instances, there were, there was nothing illegal, right? Yeah. So yeah. No, nothing that could cause any more than the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what he did with the other cases. Did he pay off people? You know, those things, a lot of things were settled before he right. even got to arbitrator. Right. Um, there's there's a lot of things that still need to be um, brought to light. The The Houston Texans, they have the, to be somewhat responsible. It, yeah. um, I still think that, <clears throat> well, the, the players' union has implemented things and voted on things to remove any of those authoritative powers from Roger Goodell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to hear Roger. I want to hear him, and I want to hear him mention the idea of appealing the six games. Yeah, so that, that's... suspending the guy for the whole year. That has been talked about. Is is the NFL going to appeal this themselves? Usually it's the NFL puts down the suspension, the Players Association appeals. Something must have been leaked that and Deshaun Watson's camp said... Whatever the arbitrator says, we're going to stick with it, and we're good with it. So they probably already knew the the actual suspension. Now, I I agree with you in a, in a lot of ways. I think it would be good for the NFL and Goodell to be like, no, we're going to appeal this, and and let's dig into it a little further. I I think that would be the for optics. I think that's good, but at the same time, like if I was the NFL, I'd be like, nope, this was our first time letting it go to an arbitrator or whatever you want to call it, a third party, yep. let's trust that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for Goodell and NFL to be like, okay, we trust our third party, and that's what it's going to be. And it kind of sets the new standard of it's not going to be a six-game suspension so you can get it, um, and I'm just using an example, like a six-game suspension for you to, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the word. Challenge it, what's but not challenge, appeal. appeal sorry, appeal. Yeah. And like it just can continue to be an appeal back and forth. You know what I mean? Because right. the next time, let's say the NFL has has a heavy hammer, and someone wants to appeal, you know what I mean? Like just let this be the new standard of the third party makes a decision. Both parties are good with it. You move on and and call it good. Now the ones that are still out there, I I wonder if if more comes, can it add on to it? Like, can that change everything? That, I think, is going to be very interesting. Yeah, and if any of the um, accusations, if any of these massage parlor workers, you know, want to reopen a case, what does that do? Um, I think it's, it's there's so many angles of this, too, that are interesting because Deshaun Watson wanted to go to a warm weather football team, and he settled with Cleveland. They okay. gave him the biggest upfront money. Yep. Uh, the biggest contract. I know Deshaun Watson had a couple of huge years in Houston, but I feel like overnight he went from being a average quarterback to like the top top three. three. Yeah, a lot of people were telling you top um, three. Huge fantasy numbers, right? But mm-hmm. was in Houston. Um, so now he goes to Cleveland, low expectations, um, a franchise similar to Detroit's that has had uh, a lot of, we'll say, friction and – um, lack of leadership from above in recent mm-hmm. years. Um, it's cold, and maybe uh, we won't see much of him the next couple of years, and he'll be one of those 
23 quarterbacks they've had since 1994 or whatever. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't wish bad on the guy, but I wish he got a full year suspension. Yeah, I think it it would make more sense for that. But I think they also got to keep in mind that he set out the whole last year. That's kind of the thing, but... Michigan sports. We may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. So I did want to get into some Detroit Lions talk and what's going on in camp. So really, I I just have some quotes. That's basically all we can get when we're talking about camp. I'm not going to, I'm not nerdy enough to sit and watch the live streams of, of this stuff and someone's cell phone camera. Like that, that just doesn't do me any good because I feel like I'm watching the smallest part of the story. You know what I mean? Like you can You'll have watch, hard knocks too. Yeah, and in like yeah, oh man, I cannot wait for that. Um but I just found I found some quotes over the last few articles that I've I've read that I thought were, were pretty interesting and in, in stuff that's coming out of camp. And I want to start with uh DJ Shark. Um and, and this was talking about just the culture here in, in in Detroit. He said it's bigger than me here, uh bigger than myself. I like how these guys come to work every day, the professionalism around this building one thing I appreciate about these guys, they're never in the media focusing on being listed as a top 10 or ESPN or anything like that. All we talk about is a standard we're trying to set for each other. And this is, it sounds like it was a part of a conversation comparing it to what he dealt with a lot last year in Jacksonville um, with, with the whole Urban Meyer stuff. And, and it, it felt like a little shot at him. He's like, yeah. <laughs> complete dysfunction. Right? Yeah, just complete dysfunction. And all right. Lions better organization than Jaguars in the last two years. Yes or no? Yes. Like nobody. Like this isn't a massive shock. Mm-hmm. If you go from the Jags to anywhere, you're going to have this type of opinion. So I'm not like pumping the tiger or the sorry the Lions tires in in this manner um, because I feel like anybody could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, anybody yeah. would yeah. be better than the Jags in this scenario. Um, but it is nice to hear. And and I, I he's an intriguing piece that I, I'm. I'm interested to see how he develops and and what exactly happens because he he's not like a guaranteed playing time type guy. Like he signed a ten million dollar deal one year, so it's a show me deal. But it's like he's got to compete with Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams when he comes in. He's going. He's he's got to perform for it to be for him to be a, a piece and get a new contract. Like this is a big time for him, big big opportunity, and and it's nice to hear. Just the fact that he he b- believes that the Lions are in the right direction, and it, it, in this opinion, in in these quotes and stuff, it sounds like he's talking about the regime. It sounds to me like he's talking about the coach in in the way that they're going. They're not pretending to be somebody. They're not. They're just going out there and taking care of business. And I love to hear that because the previous regime for for the Lions, it seemed like you had a ton of arrogance on the other side. You had Bob Quinn who tried to be the smartest man in the world. You had Patricia who is the smartest man in football but just not a good coach. It's like all of those <laughs> things like it didn't go so well. So it's nice to just hear that um with all of the the stigma around is is uh Campbell a good coach is it doesn't seem like he cares. It doesn't seem like they care. They're looking at this as a they are truly working together, and it's not my way or the highway in any way, shape, or form. And I love to hear that. Um, but, I mean, again, day one of camp or week one of camp. I, look, I'm just passing on quotes. I'm not saying that this is a new lines. I'm not saying that this is a sign of things that come, anything like that. 
it's just nice to hear. Not yep. that anybody's going to say anything negative. Yep. Yep. Um, another thing that I thought was, was pretty positive um, was the hill. So for the people that, that don't pay too close of attention to the Lions, the hill was built by Matt Patricia. It was a punishment tool. It was a um, demand that you have to go run this hill as for extra work and all that kind of stuff. And, and there was an interesting quote here um, from uh, – Holy smokes, I can't. Charles Charles Harris, I believe it was, um, talking about this hill and, and the way it's being utilized. So I do have a quote here. It says, it was the leader. So basically referencing these guys after practice running the hill as a group, um, as a defensive line. So it was the leaders of, of the group, me, Brock, who's uh, Michael Brockers, obviously, every single day will do something 1% better every single day. After practice, conditioning-wise, there's no way – uh, you can prepare for football at camp in the summer, um, no matter what you do, how many up-downs you do, how many grassers you do. You can't prepare for actual football. We all know that. So we take it upon ourselves to make sure we do something every single day, post-practice, to ensure our cardio and conditioning, just strengthening the technique. So um, th- I thought that was – I mean, it was just cool to see – Leaders taking taking control and kind of setting a standard, something new in Detroit because that hill had such a bad stigma when Patricia was was running it. You know, like you had guys that were just like, no, screw that, screw you, screw the hill, and it was looked at as as a negative. And when it was designed for a positive, it was a design to be there to to put in that extra work to do something that nobody else. We actually did that at Denver when we played hockey. We went, we ran to a hill, we went up and down that thing constantly, over and over again, and. It was it sucked, but it was. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that was the year we made nationals and all that stuff, like or the national championship. It was a big deal. Like it makes a difference that extra work, that doing something that you know nobody else is doing. That I think is a, is a mental a mental thing just as much as a, a physical thing. I'd be all for it if Matt Patricia was joining me in that run up and down that hill. <laughs> I don't think he these did. He took his four wheeler. Yeah, these players didn't like that guy because he was. <laughs> Walking around with a, a bent crutch, and he wasn't even leaning on it, and he had that stupid unsharpened pencil in his ear. <laughs> right. Out of shape, just ate his way through Detroit. and uh, You know, you it, know it, it's I funny it's you say respe- that. a respect thing, too. Like, <laughs> Dan Campbell is probably getting up on that hill, I'm you sure know, he with these boys, <laughs> yeah. and he's probably pushing most of them up there. Yeah. You know? like, uh, it's funny know. you say that because I remember Ryan, like, bringing that up pretty early in the um, Patricia uh, tenure was like, how do you trust that guy? Like, and, and look, I'm not in good shape. I know a lot of people that are in bad shape, and, and I'm not calling people out that are in bad shape. But when you're demanding hard work and all that stuff, like from these f- physical specimens on, on a football field, you don't have to put in the work. But like, you better be ready to if they're going to question you. You know what I mean? Like, and if you can't take care of yourself. Why do you th- why do would they trust you to take care of them? Put down the Detroit style pizzas, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, though? Like, I, I, I think I, it's I totally get it. Don't 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 let your physical self go in the wrong direction when all you do is sit there and preach hard work and stay in shape and we're gonna win. Like mm. y- your players look at you, you know, Matt Patricia, and you go, "You're losing. You're not winning. You were." You were just gaining weight. You were not like part of this team. They just they laugh at you, mm. and they didn't respect you. That's where it went. Yeah, lost all respect for you as a coach, your staff, your staff that was under you. It was a joke. 
Yeah, it, I mean, that regime was, was an absolute joke. And any regime will look like flowers compared to them. It, it really will. That was that was really, really bad. But I don't know. It's just, it, it sounds different. Everything sounds different. Um, and it's just, it's a pleasant surprise. I did want to get into a couple of the, the battles here. And then I do have a clip from, from Jamal Williams. I think it was actually part of the trailer from um, Hard Knocks. But this speech... Got me real, real excited. But I did want to, let's talk about a couple other things first. Um, most intriguing position, pulled these, again, pulled this stuff from, from random articles that I thought were interesting. Um, linebackers, most intriguing position. Uh, second year linebacker Darren, Derek Barnes is in a fight with 27-year-old veteran Chris Board. Those two are splitting first team reps uh, right now pretty evenly. Rookie Malcolm Rodriguez also keeps getting better behind them. He'll get his shot with the top defense at some point here soon. Um, the the linebacking core, so it sounds like Anzalone is, and I, I kind of mentioned him as a potential surprise cut candidate. It sounds like that is one of the worst takes of all time because it, it doesn't sound like it's even an option for him to lose his job in, in camp. So, again, I said it more as like it would be a good problem to have if, if Anzalone gets passed, but it sounds like they're going to let this guy be the true leader of this linebacking core and be the, the voice of the defense. Um, so I, I probably should get used to it similar. To, should I get, get used to Larkin being the captain of the Red Wings, whether I like it or not? We'll start hitting that delete button. We'll give you a few mulligans <laughs> yeah, here and there. Right? We got you. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, uh, Malcolm, Rodri- Malcolm Rodriguez was, was mentioned. So I did want to pull up another uh, thing from a different article that I found. Um, rookie linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez continues to impress me. He has great instincts for a young player. He diagnoses things happening in front of him quickly and then just goes uh he blew up a screen a screenplay and had a tackle for a loss in a team in a team period monday um that was from tim twenty man uh dan campbell on josh reynolds moving over to the offensive side of the ball here um he's different now he's he's a different athlete uh he's slippery so i'm just going to kind of I can't read this guy's quotes. Not that I can read anybody's quotes, but I can't read his quotes. They're just so difficult. So I'm just going to kind of pick and choose what I read. But Think basically, like Dan. Um, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you John could probably nail a Dan Campbell, but we'll, <laughs> we'll let him work on that one. Um, he's different now. He's a different athlete. He's slippery. I call him the praying mantis. He's a spider of death. He's just, there's <laughs> there's something about him. Freaky serp, freaking serpent. So I love where he's at right now. I really do. I'm glad we got him. And uh, look, I'm not going to expect uh, Josh Reynolds to come in and, and be an absolute stud in this league, anything like that. He was a massive upgrade for what we had last year. Massive. Um, when he came in, everything changed. Um, Goffs trusted him. So I, I find Josh Reynolds... Very interesting, especially with the, the the depth in this this wide receiver room. Um, just something to to really keep an eye on. And jump in if you guys have anything that you I, want to say about. I it. think we need to put a poll up soon, and ask our listeners who they think is the weirder coach between Dan Campbell and Jim Harbaugh. Oh, jeez, different like type two, of weird for sure. Two <laughs> two weird guys. You got like you got I a lot know. of weird in those. Pick your nose, bite your kneecap. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so funny because you got Jim Harbaugh, who's like weird, awkward old man. Quirky, too. Right? Yeah. So And quirky. then you have Dan Campbell, who's weird meathead man. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's at least the persona yeah. we get of. And For sure. I, I, look, I say that with, with love. I mean, I don't, I don't think meatheads are meatheads. Up, like, up, up. But, like, 
he, I feel like he has adopted what what he, I, I think he's way smarter than than what they're what what he puts on. I really do. Yeah, then his personality. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's a very smart football player. Got, I think he's, he's a, a very well, very smart football coach. X's and O's guy, players guy, you know, player friendly, and he's going to say it how it sounds in yeah. his head. You know, he's not going to he's not going to give you the interview that you want. He's not going to, you know, he's uh He's he's also not Bill Belichick where he's just gonna say that. Yeah, like, dude, we're on to next week. Like, it's, no, it's yeah. funny how con- how much he controls the interview. He controls everything. I I hear I heard him on on with with the uh, um the morning show this morning on ninety seven one the ticket. It, it was just insane. They talk to him like they're buddies. It's just it's so different than what you're used to in the NFL. And I think that's the most concerning thing is we've never seen this work in the NFL. So. <laughs> It probably won't work. Like that's the odds are against us in that way. But at the same time, it just feels like there, there. It you might be a change of the guard. And I like the, the the assistant coaches are more important. I think in a lot of ways too. So um, I don't know. Just just fun. Oh, I do have an, another defensive thing. But um, I did read that Aiden Hutchinson had his welcome to the NFL moment. Oh. Um, padded practice today. It was early in practice during a team period that Hutchinson got that moment. He, he was lined up on the edge, ready to face Sewell, and wasn't looking for the chip that tight end TJ Hawkinson provided. It put Hutchinson on his butt, and after the, the chip, Hawkinson went across the formation to catch a pass on the play. Uh, he's, he said, I suspect Hutchinson will be looking for the chip next time Hawkinson lines up in the line uh, next to the tackle. Uh, that was from Tim Twentyman. So I feel like that's that's – Everybody's interested about Jameson Williams, and I'm I'm curious what you guys think. Like, if you would, which one are you most excited to look at? I I think it's fair to say Mike is going to say Aiden Hutchinson because you have that well, connection with Michigan. But like, oh yeah. I think I I bet you if you shot all of like Detroit Lions fans up with truth serum, whether they're Michigan fans or not, they'd probably be more intrigued with Jameson Williams out of the two rookies. And I, I'm not saying that as a slight to Aiden Hutchinson. I just feel like it's. <laughs> it was like we're gonna get a, a, a edge guy. We knew what we were gonna get with an edge guy, but then when we did what we did to go up and get Jameson Williams, it was just like, ooh, offense! Like you get all excited, like that gets you a little more movement in the pants than a, a sure. defensive end, right? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if Jameson wasn't hurt, it would be probably darn near fifty-fifty with a lot of fans. Like y- you have two positions, you're dying to have an absolute superstar at for the last couple of years. Someone at edge that you've lacked for a long time and an absolute stud at wideout ever since Calvin left. You know, like, could could Jamison be your Calvin? Maybe, but that, that would be kind of a, a disserviceable statement towards Calvin. And they're but, different type of wide receivers, too. So sure, it's a little sure, different. But I, yeah. I didn't mean any disrespect by that. But, yeah. you know, you're you're looking for these two guys to be absolute studs at their respective positions. So you'd have a 50-50, like, hey, you know, you'd have a lot of defensive, like, hard-nosed people going, man, I just can't wait to see Aiden Mm -hmm. and just see how he just tears through the NFC North. And then you'd also have the offensive guys that just love anything with scoring points and have that that flashy kind of Justin Jefferson-type guy on the offensive side of the ball just – it's just got that 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 swag, you know. Yeah, I I 
So I'm more intrigued by James Williams. I really am because of the offensive side of the ball. But I think Aiden Hutchinson being successful is more important than Jameson Williams being successful in this league. And I say that because a defensive end, game wrecker, a stud game what a catch. A stud game wrecker like like James or sorry, like Aiden Hutchinson can change a defense Uh-oh. quickly. It can make the defense go from bad too good very quickly because the pressure on the quarterback is everything. Now, I'm still of the opinion that a wide receiver is a dime a dozen. Unless you have a top five wide receiver, a lot of the time they're, they're all the same. And you can find mm. ways to make them work whether they're studs or not. You think a lot so? Of, I do. Oh, yeah. I'm still under that. And that doesn't mean I, I'm mad about the trade up and taking Jameson Williams, but I just think... A defensive line, a defensive end like that Aiden Hutchinson is supposed to come in and be, is w- way more important because if Jameson Williams doesn't work out, you can cut ties with him. You can draft another one. You can bring in another one. You can always bring in more wide receivers that can work. Now, when you don't have a quarterback, I understand that that changes things, like the questions of, of golf and stuff like that. But I'm just like I'm just under the impression that if it doesn't work for Jameson Williams, it's not as big of a deal. We need Aiden Hutchinson to work out. We need him to succeed. And I'm not saying year one. I'm not saying come in and, and be a complete stud or anything like that right away. But I'm saying we cannot that cannot be a bust. Jameson Williams can be a bust ish uh, and it work out. You can uh, find guys to replace them. I kind of defensive ends are, are, are different in my opinion. I kind of disagree with you. Um I, I think Jameson Williams has to work out. It's just a matter of how many years in your mind, you put on him working out, like he, for, for until he works out, or or no, or not until he works. How out. How long he works? How this long year. he is? No, how many years you are going to have him as a stud wideout? Yeah, for for what you spent on him, he has to work out. Like I I, I get that you can keep drafting wideouts and keep drafting more wideouts. I I I get the whole quantity I thing. Think, I don't even think it's drafting. I think it's just finding them. Or paying or drafting or however yeah. you want to put it. I, I, I get what you're saying, but for for someone that you spent that much draft capital on, you need them to work out, whether it's whether they have, you know, three to five absolutely monster years and then they kind of just start tailing off, or if they're you know, someone reliable for five to ten years. That, yeah. That's I think that's kind of the way I look at it. I guess I would compare it to let's look at Cleveland and um, the Raiders, for example. So Cleveland, Miles Garrett, absolute stud, not a miss. They've missed on so many wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. They brought him in. They he left. All of those issues, like with wide receivers, it's just been a carousel. But their sure. their guarantee has been Miles Garrett, very successful. And then you go back to to the Raiders as an example. I, I sorry, I can't remember the name that that just got in the the wide receiver that got a DUI. Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs drafted right. him pretty high. Right? right, you need him to work out. Similar spot is is, is I think James Williams, top fifteen, I, I believe. Yeah. What they do? Well, he he's gone. Right. He just left because of he's he's in prison or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They go go and trade for Devontae Adams. Right. You know what I mean? Like you can fix the wide receiver problem a little bit easier than you can fix a defensive end problem. Where that's where I'm I'm like defensive end. You got to go with the draft because that's where. You need that. You need that game record. You need him. You need control of him. Wide receiver, you can get control over these guys. We've seen so many wide receivers leave, get new contracts, be 
threatening trades, all that type of stuff, it happens a lot quicker. That's that's kind of my thing is wide receivers become more a dime a dozen because there's so much movement in that position. That, I guess, is, is where I'm at. I think you also want to get the most you can out of your wide receivers on their rookie contracts because they're demanding higher numbers yeah. more than ever. And it's, it's a, you know, the, the running back contracts are to the wayside. It's quarterbacks and wide receivers are getting the, you know, the bills. And uh, so, right. I, I, I mean, I think Aiden Hutchinson instant impact maybe isn't as necessary as maybe Jamison Williams. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I, I I think Aiden Hutchinson will be a long-term Detroit Lion. I don't think he's going to be a guy that demands a trade or they give up on if he doesn't go out and pull out a, a let's say like a T.J. Watt season or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but a Jamison Williams, does he even want to be here in the first place? <laughs> like yeah. that question comes to mind. Yeah. Like I it mean, seemed like there, there's always already been those questions. We were, we were banking on Kenny Galladay, you know. Yeah. He wanted out and – Look where that got him, Daniel yeah. Jones. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm pulling for Jameson Williams mostly because I want to see Goff have a full weaponry to, to play with this year. Um, that's yeah. our only chance at winning games. You know, yep. our, our defense needs to keep us in games, but uh, we got to score some points. Is there an update sure. on his timetable? So It's been very, very quiet. So he's on the uh, non-football injury pup list, I believe. So, um, But they, they haven't made any decisions. For, I keep hearing... He's gonna start on the on the inactive list where he'll miss for seven games. Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Um, which I, I do want to use that as a as a future topic here. Is like, and this is something I'm gonna say it now so I don't forget it. But do we do we want him just to be put on that that list so we're not like wondering if he's ever gonna come back? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just put him on the list so we know what week he can come back rather than. Week one, is he gonna play? Oh no, he's gonna play. Week yeah. two, is he gonna play? No, he's not. Gonna play. You know what I mean? Like that. I feel like if they can put him on a list where he can't play until X, then it'll end that that controversy. You know what I mean? There's obviously nothing worse than bringing a guy back too early from a significant injury like exactly. he's dealing with. Um, yep. Top that off with giving your fan base a little bait. On a right. hook. <laughs> yeah. Um That's that a good could point. that could be disastrous for us Detroit Lions fans that have dealt with a lifetime of agony and yeah. despite. We did talk about golf a little bit, so some comments coming out about him. Oh, I love golf. Um <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not the golf. Not the live golf tour. The the Jared Goff tour that we're we're facing here. But uh basically some comments about him. He's on target. Quarterback Jared Goff had a good practice overall. This was today, and he was especially sharp in a eleven on eleven series with the first teams matched against each other. So uh, first team defense against first team offense. Goff completed all five passes. Um he finished it off with a deep shot to wide receiver Josh Reynolds down the right sideline. That was from Mike O'Hara. Um, so I do have... All right. La- last little quote here, but I think we got to do the video because I-, I tried reading this out loud, and it was garbage, and the video is edited for language, which is really good. So I hope this comes in pretty good. John, can, <laughs> we, can we get that video up? And, and, and So let's just let it play out, and then we can talk about how excited it gets me and you guys as general. But go ahead. We can only challenge each other. Everybody here, we challenge each other. Offense and defense is the best competition we're going to get. Iron sharper iron. It's going to be easy in the game because we're going against each other. I see too many dogs out here. Offense, we got too many dogs. Defense, you got too many dogs. We're going to keep going. We're going to fight and let people know. Don't, 
with us. We the Lions. Whatever they think they know about, they don't know shit. Every time we go in the game, we gonna lock them in gates and let them know you stuck with us. Cause we about to bury your ass. So I, I believe that's from a uh, trailer for, for uh, Hard Knocks. And, oh, my gosh, I'm getting so excited for Hard Knocks. Listen to stuff like that. Now, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something? I believe I might have to go to church after hearing that. <laughs> right, yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah, right? That was pretty uh, prof- profan lace, prof- profanity lace. Well, if you can just fill the gaps, you know, with your mind. Wait, t- all right, real quick. Tarek Skubal left tonight's game with left arm fatigue. He ain't hitting the the market <sighs> yeah they, i was gonna say something because he only pitched six innings and he was clean i missed that and guys were not even close to uh making uh, contact with the ball so is it left arm fatigue or is it Seven, pretty damn good offer on the table 70 some pitches yeah they curious. probably watched him just throwing a gem in minnesota uh, curious about that yeah where's he gonna go atlanta no the, we're, we're gonna get into the 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 draft or the trade primer here soon but um man what that in look Again, I get it. Everybody says these things. I'm not going to get too excited. But <laughs> Jamal Williams is perfect for what this regime is trying to do. Dan Campbell needs somebody to filter it out and do it on the field, do it with a jersey on. Jamal Williams is his guy. It's not going to be Jared Goff. It's not going to be anybody on defense. Akuda mm-hmm. can't go do it. Aiden Hutchinson can't do it because he's a rookie. You don't have anybody on the defensive side that can be like, get on my back, like, this is what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. Listen. Yeah. That is Jamal Williams' job, and whatever he's getting paid, double it just to make sure that it's going on because it is totally worth having him on there for that reason only. And I, be- I truly believe he believes in it, and I think that's the key. Dude, dude's a leader, and I told you that from the day you he did. was acquired. Up. Yep, you were yeah, right how, on with How that. do you feel about it, Michael, not having him around? You know, well, I mean, he's, well, I, he's I got two good him, guys, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I miss the guys just like – so put it this way. I, I think – Jamal Williams might be the most like quirky running back in the league, you know, from from watching guys talk, you know, and he has unparalleled positivity. And I think for a team and a regime and a city like Detroit, like you can't ask for a better spokesperson, we'll put it, than Jamal Williams. Like he's anyone would be so happy to have him on their team. No, oh, I, I, I agree completely. I, I think he's he is perfect for what this team needs. Um whether he's a great running back or not, that doesn't matter. That speech right there gets fans pumped. That that is look like, in some of the quotes here. That that really got got me excited. No swearing. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna fight and let the people know, don't F with us. We the Lions. Love that, first of all. But then he, he he does it even better here. He goes, whatever they think they know about us, they don't know S. Every time we go into a game, we're going to lock the F in gates and let them know. You're stuck with us because we're about to bury your A. Like, that, that just reminds me of just like, <laughs> like a bar fight almost. You know what I mean? Like like an old like a movie style bar fight. It's like <laughs> old West. You guys got people coming in. It's like we're locking those doors. You think you're coming in here to mess with us? We're gonna lock these doors, and you're we're gonna mess with you, and you ain't getting out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that is like 
the attitude that Detroit needs. That's the, that's the attitude that I think Dan Campbell's trying to been preaching or has been preaching. Like, look, we need to make it a fight. Whether we're going to go in and win one way or make it a fight. And I think we saw that over the last, like, several games. It was a fight. They were battling their butts off, even when they were getting smoked. I think we had a couple games that was just like, where is the, the effort and, and fight? But for the most part, they did it. And it seems like it's translating really well. And I think Jamal Williams is a, a perfect guy because he's not the guy that's going to go out there and put up all these points and stuff. No. Every time he touches the ball, he's going to go hard. But he is there to just – he's he's preaching it. The dude has and so much important. heart. It's insane. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. And I don't think he's, like, going to be the guy that gets in one individual player's face and, like, tries to embarrass him. Ex- yeah. But he's going to get the whole core, whether it's a wide receiving core, tight end core, line core, you know, defense. He's yeah. going to get everybody together and buy into whatever it is he's got to say. Yeah. Um, He'll get your offense The, the thing up. is, like, don't F with us, we the Lions. That that sounds like a complete joke. Nobody walks into Detroit and oh, great, we're facing the Lions. Can't mess but with what, those guys. But when he says, whatever they think about us. They don't know. They don't know S. They don't know what they're dealing with because we're at a different level. Now, will it come to fruition? Probably not. I'm getting all excited. It's still fun. Just keep your legs crossed. I, yeah, I'm getting real uncomfortable. My paper's moving on its own. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, but I, it's just getting me really, really excited. Well, we got yeah. something better to work with than Dan Campbell's bite your kneecaps last year. <laughs> right. So at least we got a player that yeah, we can Yeah, the like, kneecaps yeah, thing. Root uh, for. No, but uh, I, I was going to kind of get into – is the re is is the playoffs a real potential? But I think I've gone long enough on the lines. I, I don't want to move on. I'm gonna save. save, save I'm gonna that. save this for for a different day. Uh, maybe next week we'll get into that. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. All right, so we are talking Tigers, unfortunately, and I feel like we're gonna have to talk about them next week Good after grief. the after the trade deadline. Um, but I did want to do a little bit of a, of, a, of a trade deadline um, primer here. But first, starting with 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 how it's been going, um, they're sitting here twenty one games under five hundred. Um, on July eighth, they won six straight, and I think we all just kind of had that that thought like. All right, is this the turning point? Is like not that, that not that they're going to go win the division, not that they're going to go make the playoffs, but is it going to be a year that we saw last year? It was like terrible start, awful start, can't get out of it, obviously. But is this a turning point that we're going to just be like, ooh, all right, here's the little bit of what if? You know what I mean? Like the right. bad start is the issue here, and something to build off of. Show us something. Yeah, show it, us something. Exactly. So they won six straight. They finished the month of July going 5-15. and 15. <laughs> They're now 13 back in the division, 13.5 back in the wild card. Um, I just, That's good, I right? I just saw this, and I'm like, the trade deadline is tomorrow. So tomorrow's the end of the season, 6 right? 6 p.m. Tomorrow's the end of the season for the Tigers. Oh. For us to care. Oh, yeah. So here we are. Oh, we yeah. got football ramping up. We're all excited about football. We're going to have so much to talk about. In my opinion, what we're watching right here, this is probably the – the last game that matters. Tomorrow will be the last important day for the Tigers this season. Downhill, crash, and burn. At least until they decide what they're going to do with, with Alavila. Get yep. rid of Izzy. You know what I mean? Like yep. I should get Jamal Williams on here so he can say what, what 
stuff that I won't. Dang, never. You beat me to it. <laughs> let's get. I was preparing that. <laughs> let's get that out of here, man. We need Jamal on we, here. We lock in the door. <laughs> yeah. And we're beating you down. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, Jamal, Jarrett just commented too that Justin Jackson was picked up by the Lions today. Justin Jackson was he a running back and like for the Chargers or something maybe back in the day. Last that year? honestly, that that name doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. I, I have I did not even hear that. So but he thinks that. Thanks Jam- for sharing that. Yeah, he thinks that Jamal could. He said I could see him getting cut during hard knocks. Thanks, Jared. What? See, wait. Who? It was it was an interesting one to me that he might become a, a a cut candidate, but then you see the way that he's the leader. I don't think they cut a guy like that. I think they'd be quicker to get rid of like a Jamar Jefferson. Or I mean, Khalif Raymond. Like they, they have other guys that they can get rid of to keep a guy like Jamal Williams. You, no, you are not cutting Jamal Williams. Sorry, I, no, I, I was. Right. I don't think it's the biggest that surprise ever. Charges. I don't think it would be the biggest surprise ever because is valid. Yeah, I, we we're done. Move, we're moving on. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked either way. That's kind of where I'm at. Other than the fact oh. that it seems like Jamal Williams is such a good leader. That that's the one thing that I think he's holding on, and maybe he's just pretending to be so he doesn't get cut. I don't know how it works, but I've I've had those guys in my day. They're like, oh, I'm a leader, but look at me. No, you're really not that good. Get out of here. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. you guys oh, remember boy. Travis Nickel? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did. Oh, Nick, baby. I'm kidding, Trav. I'm kidding. You know I love you. If you're if you nothing but love. About, but if he doesn't, this is his test, Travis. If you're listening, if you actually listen to this. Say something to me. If not, I know you're not a true friend. <laughs> <laughs> Say something. Do something. Text me. Show up for softball for once. That'd be great. Oh. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I just like, I look at this as the end of the Tiger season, other than just the fact that we're rooting for them to either get rid of Avila, well, definitely get rid of Avila, and kind of tank. Like, I'm at a point where it's like, all right, you're really bad, but you're not bad enough yet. So let's get really, really bad and start Boosting our our draft stock. I'm I'm getting close to that. I really so, am. So tank again and rebuild Ugh. again with somebody else making the decisions. Please, oh please, oh please. Hey, hey Theo, Mr. Epstein, are you available? Yeah, right. Would you like to come over? Here's and spend a some money? here's a blank check. Do whatever the heck you want. Come on over. Lock the doors and we'll. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Lock the doors and we're gonna spend money. Yeah, that'd be great. But I I was just it. it before we get into the, the trade side of it, I did want to, like, what else is worth paying attention to? And if you guys have any, I would love to, to know what you guys think. But my, my first one, I, I got a few here. And if you guys have one Do or want to want to jump in, um, go go right ahead. My first one was, was Austin Meadows. Is he going to even come back and play? Like, sore Achilles? I'm sorry, but play, dude. Like, ah. <laughs> Sam's like, tear it. I... He's not going to tear an Achilles. I'm sorry, Rob, for that you tore an Achilles during softball. But, like, I'm sorry. These guys are athletes. And don't tell me that this Achilles is still bothering you. Or both Achilles. Like, how do you hurt two Achilles? How do you strain two Achilles unless you're out of shape or just not not taking care of yourself? And and that's clearly, what I, I really want to know is, like, so he's, he's arbitration two available, which means the Tigers still have control for him. Um, but if he wanted to, to be here... Would he be playing right now? Like, what would be changing? Like, wh- That's a good question. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to come in and change what the Tigers are doing. He's not that good. No. Nope. But he's, he'd fill a massive hole that, that we're facing. So, like, it seems like if he wanted to be here, he would be. And he's not. So I'm just raising that flag. Like, does he want to be? 
going on to that? Is there E-Rod. another? I was going to say, is there another person? Like, what in the world is going on? Uh, it sounds like we finally got in contact with him last week for the first time in 2.3 years or something like that. I don't even know. He was ghosting him for a while. I get ghosted by Kyle and Ryan all the time. Sometimes John, when he allegedly is out of, up north and So you know what the Tigers are going messages. through? Yeah, I, I, I get it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough <laughs> feeling. I, I don't like it. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I'm used to getting ghosted usually by friends, not women, because my wife... I mean, I don't text any other girls, so like, I don't. Good I don't safe. Know what that's like good safe. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> what is going on in that situation? Is he gonna come back and pitch this year? Does he want to come back and pitch? Is this his way to get out of Detroit and be like, "Whoa, I made a massive mistake"? <laughs> like, what I, in the world is yeah, going like, on? I'm I want to know what's going on. But like, that's there I'm intrigued is, by that. There is no way on God's green earth this professional pitcher comes back and starts pitching again i mean you've missed uh, how much of the year you just even if he comes back they're gonna have to like stretch him out to shut him down like what what is gonna happen like my man were you at disney world like did you go (laughs) on like a cruise and just not come back allegedly trying to save his marriage so he's probably who knows why i think at Target or something? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I would do. in the parking lot yeah. for like three months. <laughs> if I ever had marriages, you'd be like, hey, do you want to go to Target? It might help. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here, here's my credit card. Please just what? do whatever you need. No, I'm just kidding. I've maxed this one out and this one. Yeah. I need another. Yeah. Um, but uh, in, look, the A.J. Hinch thing is so intriguing to me. I know there's the unknown of the opt-out. No opt-out. Originally, they, there was an opt-out at the end of this year. Al Avila came out and said that there wasn't. I don't know who to believe, but it's so intriguing to me. It, I, I can't figure it out, and I am I feel like he wants out of this place so badly because of what's going on, and it, I feel like he's going to put it, the owner's feet to the fire and be like, look, we need to change. That's where I'm at. The biggest change is Al Avila, <laughs> and if you're not willing to move on from him, I'm going to find a way out of this place so fast. So what are the chances that A.J. Hinch went behind Alavila's back, got hold of the Illiches, Chris, and said, hey, something's got to change or I'm out, exactly like you said. Put his feet to the fire, something's changing, or I'm gone. I just, honest to God, just won't even show up to work. Man, I I won't show up to work. Look, I feel like what AJ Hinch has done the last year and a half has proven he's a good manager. I don't obviously he's not coaching the Astros right now, but he he would he is a perfect coach to to fill any of the openings that happens either that is already open yep. and has an interim coach or that can, that opens here in the off season. It's like I I just feel like this is such a disaster. It and. It, it, and I feel like A.J. Hinch is the one that I'm most concerned to lose. So, in your opinion, how do you save the upcoming offseason going into next year? The only way... I will tell you what I think in just a second. I here. think the only way you can save it is by removing Al Avila as the general manager. Yep. And let A.J. Hinch be part of the conversation of who he wants to be the new general manager. Now, I know that can get tricky. Now, but I'm sure he has somebody that he would love to work for. And is he available? Is he not? Like, all of these things kind of play a a role. But 
let him be part of the process because everybody knows when a new GM comes in, they hire his coach or manager, right. all of that type of stuff. Right. It, it gets milky. It, and people get fired, and, and, and it's crazy. You don't want to go through that. So you, if you want A.J. Hinch, if the Illiches trust A.J. Hinch the way that I think most of the fans do, mm-hmm. um, some are still skeptical, and I get that. I get their worry because of what we've been watching. But it's been, He's been given nothing to work with. He hasn't. And, and if you trust him, then give him the opportunity to bring in somebody that he will continue to coach for or manage for. Right. That's for so, that's my opinion. What, what so w- what I was gonna say kind of goes hand in hand with you. It just kind of we're gonna put the uh, <clears throat> the cart after the horse, and you spend money. That you, yeah. You, that, you go real get money. your GM. Real exactly. Money. You go get your GM, and you. I'm sorry, but you have to then go buy numerous players that fit. What the team needs. I say bring Dave Dombrowski back. Oh, oh. ooh, funny you say that. Oh, baby, oh, your your mic's on. Yeah, uh, Jarrett <laughs> Jarrett just commented he wanted ten seconds of this segment. A lot of oh, young perfect. guns for the Tigers. Would you want Dombrowski back to yep. trade a ton of them away and deplete the farm system for some great talented veterans and go all in for a World Series? Question mark. If you don't get it, you need a full rebuild again. But oh. there's the better chance to win a World Series. Dombrowski proven. Dombrowski's proven. It's a dang good way to get to the playoffs and be a force. Downfall is no farm <laughs> system. I love it because it got the Red Sox some titles, and it's the best way. Oh, and it's the best the Tigers what, have been in ages when yeah. they probably should have won a World Series. So That's the Kona talking. First of all. I, I love that idea of bringing back Dombrowski. The thing that I, I, I would disagree with Jarrett is I don't think you have to trade these assets to bring in True Blue players. Now, you got guys like Juan Soto on the market. You're going to have potentially uh, Aaron Judge. That, that, that you, have, you have these players that you might have to – Otani and, and all the, like that you might have to trade for, which, yeah, I would, I would give up some, some assets for them. But the Tigers have still a below-average – Payroll in a, a top five market. Terribly. That when when they're bringing in three million plus fans, they're they're not losing money by any means. You can go out and spend money to continue to build that core alongside of this young core. Now, when I see it, when I see that this team's a piece away, then yeah, trade your three best prospects for a prove it now guy, a guy that has proven it and the guy that's been there and that can make you the championship team that I think Dombrowski built with the Tigers and unfortunately didn't work with the Red Sox that I think he did a great job with the Red Sox yeah he screwed them over with with the you know depleting the the farm system but they bounced back quicker than the Tigers did they're they're better than the Tigers and the Tigers have been in this scenario for seven years so I don't think it needs to take as long as is as it has for the Tigers first of all because they're quote-unquote depleted um farm system I just think we're, like, you have multiple ways to skin a cat here. You can do it through free agency. You can do it through a trade here and there. And it doesn't have to be depleting completely. But I'm I'm all for, for giving me true blue MLB guys with free agency first and then bring in the trades at the trade deadline when you're missing that specific piece or player that can put you above and beyond. That's my opinion. Do you think our fans or listeners know what it takes as far as money, 
payroll wise to win? I probably not. I, I would I would guess they don't realize that money is what are is winning the championships in Okay, so so let, let's put it this way. Our payroll right now, wh- what would you guess it's at? I mean, just ballpark it. Okay. Uh, 30 plus, let's say 50, so we're at 80, and then I would round it out with, I would say 135 to 145. Okay. 138, okay? <laughs> One, 138, all right? Wow, I am good. Just tied it up. We're, we're sitting middle of the pack. Yeah, Mid- I, I would say it's a probably 17th. Middle of the pack. Look at the product on the field. Look how bad this is. Yeah. Okay. So then your top three payrolls, okay, real quick. Can I guess? Yeah, let's do this. Dodgers number one. Yep. Yankees number two. Nope. Mets number two. Yep. Yankees number three. Yep. And then so, I would guess, let's say, I don't know if the Braves, because they moved on from Freeman, but I think they're still pretty high. But I'm not, I'm not going to go Braves. Should I go Braves at four? No. Oh. All right, you you go from there. No, Philly. Okay, yep. San Diego. Oh, and yeah, then that makes sense. Chicago White Sox. <laughs> yeah, I'll take for it. And, and listen, there there is a stark difference from L.A. to Chicago. Yeah. L.A. is at 261. 261? 261. That's over two hundred million more than probably that league average, isn't it? <laughs> the league average is probably one hundred and forty-seven million. But like, what's the median? The median's I think more important than the average. I don't have that, but listen, the Mets are sitting at two sixty, Yankees at two fifty-six, Phillies at two thirty-four, San Diego at two thirteen. And Chicago sitting oh, at 196. That's insane. Massive difference from 1 to 5. I'd be curious what the six, average sorry. is of all of the teams after that. You know what I mean? Like, it, no, I'm not asking yeah. you. I'm not going to no, have I'm you ask you to do, do that. that for you. I'm just, I would love to. I'm going to dig into that at some point. And if it's worth yeah. talking about, I will. But. And then you got Baltimore at 43. Oakland <laughs> at 45. Royals at 52, probably. Oh. They're higher. I guess they have ninety four. Uh, ninety four. Okay. It's just it's. It, first of all, it's a problem with the MLB. <laughs> Big problem. I Big have my problem. ways of fixing that. We're not getting to that today. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's. Yeah, it's it's bad. It, it it's frustrating that the Tigers, who I would say I would argue is in a top five market, they have fans that show up. You deserve to you you should be putting your ownership feet to the fire and saying you should be spending more. Now, they went out and spent some money. How how has that worked for him? Baez, worst defender in in baseball right now. Eduardo Rodriguez, for worst husband in in, in baseball. No, I sorry, that was probably a little blow. <laughs> but he's not even here because he's trying to fix his marriage allegedly is what we're we're being told. So it's just that, that's who Avila went and spent his money on. That's the root of the problem. Is Avila sucks. Yep. Fire him. Hashtag fire Al Avila. A um, couple other things real quick. Torkelson in the minors, not going well. Um, very interesting that, that I'm waiting for that, that to flip. Um, so he's in, in nine games, 39 played appearances, uh, 36 at-bats, uh, six hits. Uh, he's hitting 167 in Toledo. 
uh, not not good. So keep keep an eye on that. And I was gonna kind of I was getting, this was more for Ryan was was to ask if there's anyone else in the minors that I think we should be keeping an eye on that could could get a call up. Um, so I'll, I'll go say over that for a, next week. I'll go over a couple though. Yeah, I guess I could say that for next week because yep. because we're gonna be talking Tigers yep. in the trade deadline. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. I'm sorry, I'm still supposed to be talking Tigers. I did not mean to, to transition there. I, I, I did want to talk about some of the just names. Just needed that, a break. Yeah, yeah. It was just a bumper so I could get a, a little drink here. Um, no, but uh, sorry, the Tigers trade deadline stuff that, that's being talked about. Um, Michael Former, Fulmer is, is a big name. Um, this is something that I, that I found. The Blue Jays are one of the teams showing interest in Tigers reliever Michael Fulmer, who just gave up two runs in the bottom of the eighth, so not a good there. Um, according to MLB.com's John Morosi, uh, the former AL Rookie of the Year received revived his career with two strong years as a relief pitcher um, and is a neutral trade trip for the struggling Tigers since Fulmer is scheduled for free agency after this year. Uh, Toronto's bullpen has been generally solid but somewhat inconsistent, and Fulmer would help reinforce the high-leverage innings uh, in front of the all-star closer Jordan Romano. Uh, I, I think... Former, it, it, he seems like a must move, along with Andrew Chafin, who who uh, is 32 and has been one of the best relievers in quality sol- in a qu- quietly solid Tigers bullpen, um, pitching to a 2.53 ERA with a 29.3 strikeout rate, a 7.5 percent walk rate, and 49.4 ground ball rate. He's playing the current season on a $5.5 million salary and has $6.5 million player option for the 2023 season that barring an injury or unexpected collapse, he seems likely to reject in favor of a return to free agency and another potentially more lucrative multi-year deal. I feel like those two alone right there are must moves. I don't care what you get back. Find a way to make something of it. Now, we ran into the chafing thing with with the the vaccine. Can he pitch in Toronto? No. But I don't think people care about that necessarily because I don't think they look at Toronto as a true contender that they're going to face in the playoffs and they need to have this guy. You know what I mean? So I don't think that's necessarily going to be an issue when it comes to the the trade market here um, for chafing. But I don't know. Do I want... Avila to be part of this trade deadline? No, I, I. But he is here. We are. He needs to make this decision. These decisions. These trades. Move these guys either way. I'm sorry. They're expiring contracts for the most part, based on what I read. Get something for them. You're not going to get the world. Obviously, you ha- don't have anything that people want. <laughs> but this is stuff that. This is something that you you can get something for. This is what real GMs do. Yeah, they trade just for the. Yep. Sake of trading. Yep. And I don't expect Avila to win a deal. I don't. <laughs> but what I expect is to get something in return so these guys don't just walk and and you just move on from them. That, that's basically where I'm at. A couple other names that are interesting, Gregory Soto, uh, Joe Jimenez, Alex Lang. Um, this is what I, I, I read. At the very least, it seems fair to expect Fulmer and Chafin to be on the move in the coming days. At least that's what a good GM would do. Um, as both can hit free agency. Jimenez, controlled through 2023, season via arbitration, has a decent chance as well. 
Lang, five seasons of remaining club control in closer Gregory Soto, three seasons would surely require larger returns. Avila should not be making a decision on guys with control. And that's where I'm no. just mostly disappointed with that the fact that this hasn't been changed yet. And I hope that Illich went in and put handcuffs on this you-know-what and said, do not touch anything that we have control of. Let the next GM control this. And I hope that he's done it. I hope that they're ready to do it. Like, they need to pull the plug. If they don't, I'm just going to just... It, my mind will be absolutely blown if that's going... Same same with Tarek Skubal. Do not trade you. I don't trust Avila to make this trade. Nobody should trust Avila to make this trade and get a legitimate return. So he should not have the ability to move these guys, period, end of story. Now, the fact that he started today tells me that, hey... They wouldn't have started him today if he, if they had a good offer on the table, if there was real potential right, of trading right. him. I really, I think something's happening behind the scenes. I think that they put the handcuffs on this guy. And it's like, you can trade two players, everything else comes to us, and we will make the decision. You don't make any decisions outside of just move these guys and, and get something in return. You know what I mean? It feels like it, it has to be that case, right? Correct. It cannot. You cannot let this guy make it a future a, a decision for the future, based on wh- where he's at in his in his tenure and where he's at in his con. Like all of these things, they should not. It should not be even. History a speaks for itself. Do not let history repeat itself. Yeah, and and another couple other questions that I had is is could could Meadows draw some interest? Probably not because of the injuries, but. He just doesn't want to play in Detroit, maybe. Then let him go. And then Grossman, I feel like, is either going to get DFA'd or traded for peanuts. I, I don't know. Are we short on peanuts here? Is is that like one of the are, – are, how, are, how is the the like flow of peanuts going? Is that is there any issues like with the – what's the what's the word I'm looking for? When <laughs> like everything's a backlog. Oh, my gosh, I can't think right now. Back order? Yeah, like what? our peanuts on. Like, what's the? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't think right now. Lay, layaway? No. What? I'm trying lay, to think lay. of like the, like the industrial side of it. So like, supply chain. How's the supply chain doing on peanuts? Uh, like, could we use a bag or two? That's what I'm trying to get. And it, if I didn't it. have to explain, it. It. if I did, if I could have been quicker on my feet, I think it would have hit better. But like, Kyle, you know where I mean? are you at? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. Well, he just said the Yankees look strong this year Jeez, again tonight, oh. so his auto message is on. Yeah, it's good <laughs> Good to know. But I don't know. It's just it's going to be an interesting day tomorrow. I'll be, like, refreshing my, my browser, listening to Tiger, or, like, listening to DetroitSports.com constantly, just trying to know what's going to happen and just terrified that he's going to make a terrible, terrible decision. That's basically where I'm at. I, I don't know what to expect. I think it's, it's as – everybody's guess is as good as mine at this point. I, who knows what's going to happen. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. Supply chain. Yeah, supply chain. Bettinghero.com. For the people that are interested in the sports betting world, which football season right around the corner. If you haven't bet yet, maybe wait and use one of those Big promos that are coming up here when football season starts going. You got the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. You guys going to watch that? 
Isn't it earlier than what it normally is? It feels early, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> I am so excited for football. Wow. I had Easton talking to me today. He goes, Dad, when do, when do the Lions play? It's around my birthday, right? I'm like, well, that's regular season, but a week a week from Friday. Who's in the Hall, preseason Hall of Fame game this year? I think it's Raiders and Jags. Is that correct? Raiders. The Raiders. I believe it is. I could be wrong. But you know what that means? We got our picks coming soon. Like we got this thing yeah, baby. rolling, guys. Like this is gonna be easy peasy here. Who soon. was the champ last year? The picks. Uh, I don't remember. Do you remember? Was it you? Is that why you're bringing it up? I just wondered. I honestly don't remember. Was it you? Yeah. It was. I'm I hope it sure was. there was. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. It's funny how we do these things and we, that we never like uh, actually never have anything it. on the line. <laughs> like we're just like, oh, the winners today, Micah. You know what? Ryan does owe us for fantasy. He does. Yeah, that's a whole nother. We story. had a four man fantasy, just loaded teams, <laughs> and he took the back seat. I didn't think he'd take the back seat to be honest. Yeah, but the sports betting world is is out there, and there's so many different platforms you can jump on. Um, if you don't know where to go, go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. You sign up. What it does is it lays out all the best promos available in the, in the sports betting world on all the different apps. nice thing is you can, like, sign up for one, get the promo, have some fun, withdraw all your winnings, and then withdraw into a new one, get a nice promo from that one. If you just go to all these different sites, like, they're literally giving away free money. They'll give away free money once the football season starts. Just be ready for that. Again, bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS. One thing that I've really enjoyed um, on one of the the platforms is is Dinger Tuesday. Um, what it is is you put twenty five bucks on someone to hit a home run, right? Pretty simple. You usually get yep. you know anywhere plus plus two eighty. You can get up to plus like six hundred. A lot of these guys like you can you can pick a flyer or you can pick the the most obvious ones. Um, but the nice thing is, is the twenty five bucks. What what you got to do is you got to opt into this thing, and then every home run that's hit in that game, you get five dollars back too. So if you hit five home runs in the game, you get twenty five dollars. Either way, you get your money back, which is great. So I like to find like a place that's very home run friendly, and then pick a a pretty good one. So I have two here, and I'll let you guys pick which one we're gonna go against here. So the easy one seems to be the easiest one in the book. Judge Aaron Judge at home. In New York, easy home run ballpark is against the Mar- Mariners. Um, but Logan Gilbert is a solid pitcher. He's I think he's like 10, 10 wins, so he's got some good numbers. Doesn't give up a ton of home runs, so that one's a little concerning. It seems like that could fall in line with a nice low scoring game, so it doesn't fit like the all right. If Judge doesn't hit one, you're not going to make your money because you're only going to hit like maybe one or two home runs in that game. But then Mookie Betts um, for the Dodgers at the Giants against Alex Wood. That one I. I like the the opportunity of, of quantity in that game more. Um, obviously, I think Judge has better chance than Mookie, but I don't know. Where, where would you guys go in this situation? Would you go the money back potential or the guarantee? Not guarantee. It's never a guarantee. But like the more likely Judge to hit a home run. Isn't Aaron Judge on pace to beat Barry Bonds single? He's not going to hit 74. I think he's on pace for 65. I thought, I thought they had the same it. the same number of home runs through this point in the season. Was it really? Is he at 42 right now? I think he's at 42, yeah. yeah. So it, it might have jumped over the last couple of days. Like if he hit like four this past week and then I didn't know about, it might have changed. But I thought he was more on pace for like 65. I was but just I like, I like seeing home run balls get hit in San Francisco. 
Especially if you can hit one out in the water. Oh, I love that. That's uh, one of the coolest splash, things. But the corners, splash hits. corners are pretty short there, right? Yeah, they are. Field. So yeah. I I don't know. I'd probably go, yeah. Would you go Mookie? Dod- or? Yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers Giants, to hit a few and the Giants. Yeah. yeah. So you would too? That, that's so where if, I was going. If, if Mookie hits one and five total home runs, yeah. so you can win more. Yeah, right? yep. Okay, so you yeah. get that. So, like, I'd let's probably, say, yeah, let's say Mookie's at, like, plus 300, right? So if you get the plus 300 a $25 bet, you get that winnings, and then every single home run that's hit, you get $5 back in free bets, which is solid as well. And I love the f- free bets. Those are those are always fun. Because it's, you know, it's, it's free. It's free. Love free. I'm not spending free, any free, money free. on yeah. this, honey. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I swear to you, this is, this is free stuff. What's going on? Mookie it is. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority. But we love both like a fat kid loves cake. Hot, hot! This is State of My Sports. All right, folks. Well, we're going to get to the beer grade here. So we're looking at Founders All Day Vacay, their Session Wheat Ale. Like Sam said earlier, it's a 4.6% with 20 IBUs, 12 fluid ounces as uh, per the usual. And... <laughs> this doesn't taste anything like all day. No, it's it, completely different with yeah. a with a ton of wheat in there, and it, there there's no bite. It's really smooth, and it's it's darn warm out here on the deck. Yeah, and that tastes really good. You know, if we were drinking it and it was snowing out, I'd probably have a different mindset right now. But yeah. what do you guys think? All right, so a little more about it here. Four point six alcohol. 20 IBUs, like you said, not a whole lot of bite, Um, but this is what they say um, on their website. You're going to need a bigger suitcase. All Day Vacay has arrived. Take a well-earned respite from the mundane. You have it up, too? Yeah. You want to take it over? You got a better reading voice (laughs) than I do. Take a well-earned respite from the mundane and let the session wheat ale whisk you away with its slight summery sweetness. Say that three times fast. Nope. Complimented by delicate notes of citrus, whether it's a staycay or a vacay, it's the perfect companion for any type of adventure. Yep, yep. so it's available April through August, so it is more of a summer beer. Yep. So it is seasonal. I didn't realize that it was seasonal. Did you know that? I did. I d- you did. All right, you know everything. N- not really. No, <laughs> no, no but I don't. Look, I, and I think that was the mo- like the first time I had this. And I, I, I forget when I tried it. I think it was at the garage, actually. Or uh, Tin Can. I think I tried it there. Yeah, probably. Um, but like all day, it it has this mindset of the bitterness, the the IPA style. Like it's tons of flavor. Like it, I think all day IPA is one of the best beers for what it is. It's very easy to drink. It, it has everything you want. You yep. know what I mean? Like yep. it, it's all there. When I heard all day, like my my mind goes there, and it's like, oh, it's just another version of of that. Where this being the wheat ale. It's exactly what a wheat ale is supposed to be. Very good wheat ale. Right, right. For the wheat ale drinkers compared to the IPA drinkers, like I'm sure they look at this and taste it and it's like, wow, this is amazing. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, but again, when the all day comes into mind, I'm just like, I thought of something different. Second time around, when I'm more prepared for for what I'm going to drink, way better. First time time I I drank it, I would be like, oh, no, I'm going to give that a bad grade. This time around, I'm like, taste it. Excellent. It is exactly what... They say it is, and I, I, I don't know. I uh, think they, they deserve a lot of credit for this one. That was 100% my mindset because 
for the longest time, all day was always easy to drink. You know, if, if you were going over to a friend's house and they they offered you a beer and it was all day and you go, yeah, yeah, of course yeah, I'll of have course it all I'll day. Have, yeah, I'll have no problem, you know. Yeah. And then you get you get to, you know, just a little bit, you know, different variation, the whole summer ideal of all day vacay. And you go, eh, it's just not all day, you know. Yeah. It's not supposed to be all day. But the wheat, the wheat, I think, is what makes it a non-all day. Yep. Right? Like, that. that's a, a wheat ales are harder to drink, I, I would say, rather than, like, the, the lightness of an IPA. Yeah, it depends on who you are. Yeah, yeah but, that's true. Yeah, I mean, like, like we've said, it's low on the alcohol percentage, and it's so easy to drink. Yeah. John, what, what are your thoughts on this one, man? I'm just looking at AJ Hinch out here reviewing this and trying to get a call. Because he, I mean, he's running pretty. Man, that is far. If you're he's, the runner. You're, yeah, you're he's in the to, grass. Yeah, you're trying to be outside. Can you not challenge that? I guess not. He did, had some choice words walking off, but um, kind of dirty. Should get but, booted. Oh uh, no, very smooth. Um, I, same boat. I mean, I'm not. I yeah, I like I love Founders All Day IPA. Yeah, it's a good solid, and you get it anywhere, and it's pretty consistent. I've never had like a bad one. Yeah. Um. But this is just almost too smooth. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah very dangerous on a night like that. Do you night. like white? So you're, you're kind of an ale guy. Like you like, yeah, I, you know, I Miller Lite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Miller Lite. Like the lighter beers. Yeah. Like that's kind of your go-to. The go-tos. cheaper, the cheaper yeah. ones. Yeah. And this, um, kind of, this kind of tastes similar. Like this close, is the, yeah. the comparison. It's got a little, little yeah. kick to it. And again, it's not heavy. It's not like any other craft beer that flirts with that line because yeah. it's, it's still light. Um, what kind of grade would you give it? Man. Um, all right. Let me, let me swallow one more. You're a loud drinker. <laughs> seven, uh, eight. Seven, eight. Seven, eight. Seven, eight. Seven, eight. Eight, two. Uh, seven, nine. I was going to go nine. Well, you didn't. I know. <laughs> I did better than you. <laughs> I'll take the criticism. Would you agree with my grade or your grade? Both. <laughs> I have a friend that works. I have a friend that works there. What a so. At Founders? Yeah. Oh, really? What does he do there? He's uh, he's like in the chemistry, like in the lab. Oh, that's cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. He travels the world. Yeah. Learning beer. Yeah. I bet. Gets to go to a lot of cool events and stuff too. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. I didn't know that. How, how come we've never talked about that before? Um. We should have him on the podcast. Would you want to come on the podcast? Man, he would teach us a lot about beer. Let's do it. Do you think we could go? go we, I mean, he can come here. We can go there. I could. Uh, Can you maybe make that happen? I could reach out to him. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a assignment, while. But, assignment um, for John. Yeah, no, he was just over Germany. Yeah, for one of the beer festivals over there. Oh, not, not, not Oktoberfest. Yeah. Wait, are uh, him and Ryan traveling together? Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> Denmark this week. Come on, let me ask. Wade, right. Wade, what are you doing? So, did we get any grade? Obviously, Jarrett forgot about his grade based based on the percent percentage of the beer he was drinking. His, I'm assuming <laughs> his alcohol intake. Yeah. But do we get any other grades coming just in? Just had one fly in on the on the fly on the spot. Uh, Carrie from De Hops again, having the De uh, Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. Thirsty Miner. Thirsty Miner. Six point seven brew IPA. I do really, love that beer. really enjoyed the beer. She gave it an eight point one. Eight point one. Up there. I, Very nice. That's the one that was in the silver and green can, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. We drank that there. Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was good beer. Well, I think we we graded it. Yeah, when we were there, but like. Man, brutes and dries. I'm a. We were at Arvon this past week weekend, right? Yeah, just just picking up beer, picking up beer, and yep. 
uh, taste testing maybe. Um, they they had a uh, dry, a dry ale. I think it was. They did. Yeah. The oh, kiwi crusher. Yeah, the kiwi crusher. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Big fan. Love the dry beers right now. Like they're just. It's getting to that fall. Like man, dry it up a little bit. Oh, I I I was. So we came home from camping. I don't know if I shared this last week or not. But we came home from camping last week, driving through, you know, coming from up north area. Did you stop? No, we didn't stop anywhere. But because when I'm when I'm going home, <laughs> I am going I'm home. I'm going home. <laughs> nope. I'm going home. Don't you tell me we have to stop. Everybody go to the bathroom before. <laughs> like, we are going <laughs> the whole way, not stopping anywhere. I don't even look at other places. Um, but, like, one thing that I, I was driving up home from up north, and I was just like, and I turned on the radio, and I thought I heard um, the Lions announcer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, all of it hit me at once. I'm like, I can't wait for fall and football season. Like, it was just, like, everything. Like, I started <laughs> thinking about all of the great stuff that happens in the fall. Football season. We got beers and bikes maybe coming up. Like, I'm just, like, I started thinking about all this stuff. I'm like, oh, then it gets cooler out, and we can hang out by the fu- by the, by out on the deck longer, and, like, it's comfortable, and, oh, it just gets no bugs. Like, I just got the fall itch. And, and I'm a big fan of summer. I don't want to, like, rush the summer away by any means. But, man, I cannot wait. For fall, and I cannot wait for football. I can't wait for it all. I'm just, I'm ready. I am ready. I'm ready to lock up the pool, tell the kids no bathing suits for a while. Sorry, <laughs> but we're doing it. Ethan says to me, he goes, Dad, when we when we close up the pool, can we use the blow up pool maybe <laughs> on warm days? You're like, like, uh, yep. <laughs> Whatever, yep. man. I don't, I don't give a crap. But uh, anyways, I don't know why why I went off on that um, little tangent there, but it is the way it works, right? But that was episode 167. Something 167. Like that. I mean, by the time we're at 170s, we're, we could be close to football season. But thank you guys for recording tonight. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Ryan, suck it. Um, thank you all for watching and listening. listening. We'll to talk to you next week, if not sooner. Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between. We're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time.